Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Sean Sears, the MD of Fireplace. How are you doing, Sean? Very well, thank you. So, Sean, tell us a bit about uh, what Fireplace actually does. Sure. So, uh, Park Place Technologies is a U.S.-based company started in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, 1991, the company uh, started. Um, we are a global provider uh, focused on third-party maintenance. So really what that means is um, if you have equipment in the, within the data centers, yep. server storage network, uh, pretty much all of the Tier 1 equipment so, you know, we're looking at Dell, EMC, Cisco, Brocade, NetApp, HP, the basic tier one equipment that everyone has in their data centers. Um, we are an alternative to the OEMs, the manufacturers. We focus on equipment that's three years or older. Yeah. And we can guarantee you at least 60% uh, lower rate for maintenance yeah. on that equipment. And our technicians are... Certified technicians, they have minimum 14 years with the industry. Um, we use only OEM parts. We don't use no-name parts. So it's a like-for-like like swap. And really, you know, the business was started with the idea that we're not telling customers not to buy new equipment. Yeah. At some point, they're going to have to. But what we're trying to, t- what we recognized years ago, more than 30 years ago, was clients' businesses are dynamic. They're change. They're ever changing. Yeah. And. What happens with the manufacturers, the manufacturers work on what we call the three to five year cycle. Every three years, there's a new release, and they kind of force you to buy the new stuff. And if you don't want to do that, they make it so that it's not, it's a very uncomfortable world for you to be in if you need maintenance. You have to have some level of coverage to protect your investment and, and your environment. So they're very rigid on how they do maintenance, and it's also costly. So... You know, when you look at CapEx versus OpEx, now there's a balancing act that starts to happen. And in the old days, because they didn't have a choice, it was that vicious circle of every three years or five years, you knew that you were buying net new equipment, mm-hmm. even if you had nothing wrong with the old stuff. What we're doing is we're saying, let's what we call sweat the asset. Give you the timeline that you need. Give you the, the space to make a decision on your timeline versus the manufacturers. Yeah. So if you need six months of a warranty, 12 months of a warranty, weird numbers, 14 months, yeah. we, can, we can accommodate that. Um, we, are, we, we, we started 30, over 30 years ago. We're now in 140 plus <coughs> countries. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we've got uh, over 1,200 employees. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's been phenomenal for us. It's, it's, it's an unbelievable time for us. Uh, we're seeing unprecedented growth. What we're seeing is um, where the U.S. led on the third party, um, we quickly saw that roll over into the Canadian market. So Canada's now, uh, if we talk to customers within North America, at least three out of five have some type of a hybrid approach. They're either a, uh, they're with the the OEM still, and then they have a part of their environment that's with us because they recognize they can get Along, they can get warranty and and, and lengthen the lifespan yeah. of their hardware. Four years ago, we decided to aggressively go after the UK market and EMEA market. So we now have offices, and under four years, we now have offices 
Uh, we have about nine offices, in fact. We have offices in Amsterdam, Finland, several in, in the United Kingdom. And I'm absolutely proud to say that we are uh, on an aggressive growth plan for Ireland. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much where our company is headed. Well, I guess basically right now with people still using legacy systems, you're the person they can turn to so they can have all the new mixed in and they know that, for example, if legacy system cannot be replaced that easy, you can replace what can be replaced and make your legacy cells intact. Absolutely. And in fact, I will tell you that um, we're very upfront with our customers. Uh, there's a very rigid program that we have in the beginning that yeah. when we are on, um, before we even onboard a customer or accept the deal with the customer, um, there's a lot of uh, back and forth with them that we need to understand what their environment looks like. Yeah. We need to know exactly what the configurations look like. You know, we are we have a, a very high uh, 90, 95%, 97% customer yeah. satisfaction by way of um, and retention that they recognize that one of the things that we do right up front, we want to be able to meet or exceed what yeah. the manufacturers are doing. That's the benchmark line. That's the minimum. And we're very successful at that. Um, it's all about the customer. For us, it's all about the uptime. It's all about... Um, ensuring that their systems stay up, being proactive. So we have automated software called Parkview that does that allows us to predict analytics AI to tell them um, you're going to have a failure in several days from now. We can even go down to the four or five days, work with them before the failure happens, swap the machines out. So when you look at the the environment that they have today, our what we do is we work with them to understand what they have where they're physically located, looking at where the warehouse is yeah. in country, where the techs are. So we do all that upfront analysis to ensure that when we say we're going to do four-hour response or next business day, we can meet that SLA. Yeah. Um, and we've been very successful at it. Yeah, I can imagine basically that a lot of companies, when they do OEM stuff, they're more or less have the, the product is with a certain lifespan. They're within three years, they're going to replace it. And they won't bother extending it because they don't care. Their bottom end is we're making money off you anyway. So every three years, you're going to give us the same price for that. Whereas with you guys, you more realize we can more or less give the... They're going to pay us money to look after their product. But over a long term, it's cheaper than every three years replacing all the hardware. Absolutely. You know, one of the places where we're seeing growth also is with us uh, cloud providers. Yeah. Cloud providers, um, you know, they need to they need to extend the life of their equipment as long as they can. Yeah. Because that's where the ROI is for them. Um, because it doesn't work for them to continuously buy net new equipment. The yeah. capital cost uh, is just too much. So what we're seeing is that customers are now looking at how can I extend it? You know, you, let's take a look at the, 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 the development world. Yeah. Companies have, of course, what we call the productive, productive systems mm-hmm. and then development. And for many years, over and over, the, the there was no coverage of the development environment because it was too costly. Yeah. So they would take the risk of not having the development environment yep. or the non-critical cover. They'd have these crazy SLAs or no SLAs at all. But now you start equating that if you've got 75 developers and the systems crash for two days and you had um, uh, best effort start running the numbers of what yeah. it could cost. We can show customers that for minimal cost, put it on warranty, get the four-hour response, Again, we're swapping like-for-like parts from the OEM. Mm-hmm. If an OEM was to see the machine, they, it would yeah. not. They would. It's the same power supply, same yeah. memory boards, all those things. Um, so imagine now if I could do this 
at a real cost-effective price. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just a wonderful thing for, for the customer base. Yeah, because most customers are now using cloud-based, cloud-based software. <clears throat> they don't rely too much on hardware anymore. No, and you know, um, we're now looking at, with our uh, automated software, we're now looking at monitoring up the stack. So as our product develops, we're, while we're looking at the, we're now monitoring um, the hardware layers, we're now gonna go up the stack and start looking at um, things such as uh, virtual machines, monitoring the virtual yeah. machines, monitoring, um, for us cloud, it doesn't matter where they sit. Cloud yeah. is just a place, yeah. right? And if you have enough gray hairs, you'll know that it's changed its name through the last 30 years of managed services, outsourced and all of that stuff, yeah. consolidated, uh, optimization, consolidation, whatever you want to call it. Um, so for us, um, it could be in a neutral co-locate facility. It could be on-prem, off-prem, yeah. on the edge. Equipment has to sit somewhere. Yeah. We can, we can address that. And I guess a good thing with cloud VM stuff, if you have to restart from scratch, you can get, get escape minutes rather than days. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, again, our, our, our focus is truly about the uptime, yeah. eliminating the downtime, being ahead of what I call the wave. Um, and, and, and we've been very successful at that. And we, we recognize that the, the needs of the customer is changing. Yeah. Um, and customers now need, they're, they're not just looking for a break fix, they're looking for value add. And that's one of the things that we bring to the table. Uh, again, also our level, our level three engineers yeah. come from the OEMs. So a lot of times customers will call us and say, I, am, I have an environment that's with you yeah. guys under coverage, but I also have some other equipment that's with the manufacturers, but we have, we have questions. Yeah. And we're blessed because they will come to us for that ad- professional services advice. So we help them and we guide them. And on many occasions too, sometimes we're even on the calls with them, yeah. with the OEMs. Yeah. So we're, we become an extension of their, of their uh, organization. <clears throat> yeah, I guess because you guys have worked with OEMs in the past, it means that when you're, sell, when you're selling your service people, they know they can trust you because you know how the OEM does things. <laughs> we know exactly what's gonna happen with the OEMs, yeah. yes. And it sounds like if you have somebody and they've got a problem with an OEM stuff, you tell them, no, no, we can do this way. And the OEM, in the past, their view what might be, we're going to try and sell you something you don't need. Yeah, I'll tell you, we had a situation uh, about a year ago where a customer uh, was with an OEM, and they were looking at doing a massive upgrade. Mm. And for whatever reason, I don't know, the customer didn't feel confident that they had the whole picture, yeah. uh, or the OEM did have, or maybe the OEM didn't have the whole picture. So, so they called us and asked yeah. for some advice. And what we were able to do is. We were able to give them a different perspective yeah. than what the OEM did. We talked to them about, here you are today. If you go to the next version, here's the differences of what you're going yeah. to get. And the version that they were going to, here's what's different. But more importantly, here is the risk yeah. associated. And all we were doing is we were trying to show them how to, how to, to assess, is going to the next version worth the risk of what yeah. could happen? And in fact, the customer made the decision to not go to the latest grades because they didn't need those functionalities yeah. at all. And you know, they came back and they said to us, it's amazing that the OEM didn't tell us what you told us. And they even went back to the OEM and say, we heard if this happens, there's a massive risk of this potentially yeah. happening. And the customer confirmed us, they were told by the OEM, yeah, we didn't tell you that, we didn't think it was important enough. So again, one thing that Park Place does is 
we bring to light what they can and what they cannot do, possibly. We are very clear on, you know, what's the best foot forward. Yeah. We do what's right for the customer, let me say that. Because they're, 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 they're what drives our business. And as I guess, basically, they're the ones spending the money. And, it, and if you help them this one time, you know you got them for life more or long, longer term. We have customers that are with us for more than 10, 15 years and counting. And again, we've, I've always said that uh, we don't, we, we're not here to advocate not buying. Yeah. What we're here to do is to give them a window and the opportunity for them to make whatever decisions they want to make on their own timeline. So we've worked with customers where they said, hey, listen, I need seven months of coverage for maintenance only because I am going to be um, refreshing to new Cisco UCS. Whereas the manufacturers do not want to provide a 12-month contract. They don't want to provide a seven-month contract or a six months. They only want to provide a 12. We can be dynamic. That's our sweet spot in giving them coverage for that time while they transition over to the new. So if they want to scale up or down, you, you can handle that, but most people can't. Absolutely. Uh, in, our, in our contracts, uh, it's very clear that you can add equipment, remove equipment, and if you've paid in advance two years, three years, and after 14 months, you, you want to decommission that, yeah. those boxes, you just let, let us know, and we will even tell you, we owe you, uh, you, we owe you a check or a credit. Yeah. What would you like to do? And we've done this multiple times. Again, we know the customers are dynamic, so we have to be dynamic also in how we work with them. So yes, you, a customer can absolutely scale up, scale down. We also have what's called service first. Yeah. We don't play politics. So if a customer says, uh, they, let's say they called us and they forgot to put some piece of equipment on warranty, yeah. we will service them. Yeah. And then they have 60 days to decide, do they want to put it on warranty or not? And if they do not, they know up front what the cost of the part was and the labor. So yeah. there's no surprise. There's no hidden costs. Um, again, you know, more than 30, 30 years in business, um, 140 plus countries, global presence, um, and, and just growing every day. Uh, three out of, we're, we're in pretty much three out of five Fortune 100 companies. Yeah. Fortune 100. Um, and a lot of the companies that we are with, they're anywhere from the 10 employee company to the 50,000 yeah. employee companies. And we're in every vertical market from government, telecom, retail, um, uh, financial institutions, automotive. We are right across the board. And I guess, well, there are certain companies, Jordi, they're going to have times that are going to be less busy. Like, for example, if you're in education, during the summer, you're going to be quiet. Absolutely. So you, they can scale up or down knowing that. And you can eat, they know what you guys, that can be done. Absolutely. Yes, yes. We see uh, it, it, is, it is well to, when you're in so many vertical markets, to look at how, how it's different across the board. Yeah. You know, government will spend very early in the year because they've got the budgets. Yeah. So mid-year when they're doing their July view, ooh, we got to cut back. So we can see where financial institutions, if they're closing on their fiscal year, uh, calendar year, yeah. they spend quite extensively towards the fourth quarter. So it's, it's very dynamic. And we, we're, we're, we, we're, we want to be dynamic with our customers. Yeah. Now, getting back to uh, your, you know, in Ireland, last year you opened your EMA offices in Cork last November. You had to move recently. How did you grow so rapidly in Ireland? What a great problem to have. Yeah. It's an amazing problem to have. We knew that when we... A couple of things happened. We knew that we were going to open up our service center, and there was no question Ireland was the place to be. A couple of reasons. Uh, 
it's right in the middle, so we can service both sides of from Europe to the UK. Yeah. Um, there's a multitude of educated individuals coming yep. out of Ireland. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of high-tech companies here, so the skill sets are here, and coupled with the universities that are here. So we knew that we, we were looking at going to about 70-plus employees by 2020. Yeah. Um, but our growth has been phenomenal, yeah. uh, especially for EMEA. So we have to fast-track. Yeah. So we'll probably end um, September of this year, 2019, with about 38 to 40 full-time employees. Yeah. What we thought was going to be by 2020, mid-2020, 70 to 80 employees, we believe will close the year to early January yeah. with that number. So from when we opened our first office in October of last year, we've already done a move. Yeah. And we're already looking at another location yeah. that's much larger. This time what we're looking at doing is whatever my real estate team tells me, I'm going to double it. Yeah. Um, and that's been a story that we've had, a successful story that we've had when I tell that story to a lot of people is every time I'm told, hey, Sean, we're going to add another 100 employees within this amount of time, I'm now planning for 150. Yeah. Um, so what does that tell you? What, what that tells you is the market is changing. Yeah. What that tells you, is, what it tells tells me also is yeah. that um, the customer base is changing. They're recognizing now third party is the way to go. You know, Gartner will tell you that um, the majority of companies are now having some level of a hybrid approach, which third party means. Third party maintenance is now becoming, um, it's becoming a standard a standard environment. <coughs> yeah. Whereas before it was a rarity, now it's just a regular way of doing business. Um, so Cork is just perfectly situated for that. We've not only done the first level, first line support, I'm calling yeah. it. We've now <coughs> have, uh, we've decided that our advanced engineering will come out of here. And the reason why we did that is, if you look at what the telcos have done around the world, if you have a telco problem, and that could be from commercial or residential, yeah. first line support is right there. If they can't resolve it within seconds, they can pull in mm-hmm. the next level of line of support. So we thought, why not just duplicate that? It works. Yeah. So we decided that Cork is where we'll, um, we'll place our, our advanced engineering teams. So closer customer. And of course, we're also now supporting out of Cork, our APAC yeah. customers. Well, early in the year, I interviewed a company in Cork who are in security. And they, like yourself, had moved to new offices within about a year. And the current office they're in now, they actually got an extra two floors just because they know that we're going to expand. <coughs> and rather than move somewhere else, we're staying here. But we've got two floors so that when we get new staff coming on board, we're not going to have to move again. We're, we have the same mindset. It's, yeah. uh, we're going to put our roots down in, in, in this country. Yeah, and I said to them basically when they were down in Cork, so you look because in Cork it's cheaper to live there, rent-wise and everything else. Yeah, you know, um, I'll tell you. So you look at outside of the, the quality of individuals that we can get here, the educational, the, the, the tech companies, um, there's no question, too, the real estate costs yeah. are cheaper than London. Um, so it, it works for everyone. Um, you know, when we're also opening up our offices, we also look at um, accessibility for our employees yeah. because there could be a time when we go to a 24 by 7 environment. So we have to be cognizant that um, safety comes first for our employees, yeah. accessibility with... Um, with uh, public transportation is available to them. You know, these are all things that we start planning well, well in advance. Yeah. And uh, what jobs are you looking to hire for? 
I think we're going to continue for sure with um, the service center. Yeah. First line support. Um, I believe multilingual yeah. is the way to go. We want to be able to service our clients in the majority uh, of the languages that we're in countries that we're supporting. And without a doubt, um, level three engineering. Yeah. Uh, more senior individuals. It's a multitude. It's it's a multifaceted um, world that we're going to build over here. I also think that um, some supply chain. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll uh, continue to put out here. Um, I now have a sales force that's focused on growing new business yeah. in Ireland, um, and as well as uh, I think other things that we're looking at is uh, as we grow the business. Um, possibly extending our warehouse coverage yep. multiple locations across the country. So I guess for the next five years, that's what you're going to be doing? Yes, sir. That, that's good to have that, because a lot of companies uh, at times, they say, well, we hope, yes, we hope you do that, but you're not hoping, you know you're going to do it, which is the difference. If we look at what we've, where we've come from as a yeah. company, um, we're in double-digit growth year over year, so yeah. all, all indications are it's going to continue. And I'll tell you that... Um, the mindset is changing. This is the big difference. Recession does one thing. The last time we went through a recession. Recession forces people to think out of the box. Yeah. And that was great for us because it gave an alternative that the companies and their boards were saying, how can we reduce our costs? Of course, keep the same level of service to save on not having to terminate yeah. employees. It works coming to us. But what it does also is that, you know, if you get into that mindset, now all of a sudden people are not looking at their businesses even when times are good. Mm -hmm. Because the worst thing you can do is be in a reactive mode yeah. when you're going into recession or in the recession. Yeah. So if we can show them that if we can keep your costs down, when these bad times happen for companies, we're there with you. Yeah. And, um, it keeps them much more healthy and it keeps the board happy. So um, we, we see this as just growing. And also I think right now, every company in the world is now a tech company. For example, McDonald's tech company just serves fast food. Everybody has some level of yeah. what I define as a data center. Yeah. Um, we all know internet of things, everything is connected. Yeah. Everything has to be, it's collecting data and has to go somewhere. Yeah. So accessibility, the networking side, storage. Yeah. And of course, server side. Yeah, those are the three things that we focus on. Yeah, and also because we're now using more mobile devices to do things. Absolutely. You got to make sure that basically, if someone's got a mobile device and uh, they can detect problems, and, and you guys can tell them when to fix it. Well, in advance before it happens. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you, sir. You don't know a scenario where somebody's in it. Like years ago, if you're in a co company, you'd be told uh, you'd have a photocopier, and you'd be told, "Oh, it's going to break down after so many copies." Right. But now you can. But that copier isn't used as much as, as, as uh, so that's harder to predict, but you guys can tell them actually, you know, we know when it's going to happen. Yeah, and you think about it, you know, the, the human, humans have created everything built on senses. Yeah. We've built everything on either visual, we see a red light, green light. Yeah. We build things on, I smell smoke, yeah. you know. We built uh, everything based on, I hear it, there's a yeah. clinking, clanking noise, or it vibrates, I feel it. Yeah. So we built everything around that. What happens if none of those things happen? Yeah. Right? Yet we know things slowly start to do, machines start to do things that we just visually can't see, hear, or feel. Yeah. That's where our product, Parkview, comes in. 
it's an automated solution that allows us, it's um, all machine language. Yeah. It is all outbound, encrypted. We're only looking at, we're not touching customer data. We have thousands of customers that are on it. And we can predict with the AI, uh, and it's, it's a learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could tell a customer, and we have use cases on this, we will call a customer, we will open up the ticket, and we will tell them, server one, two, three, four, five in rack seven at this location. We're detecting a problem with the performance, degradation of uh, your, 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 your throughput. We think you have five, we're estimating, you yeah. have five days before the machine fails. Now a customer might say, so what do we do? We will tell them, when are you available for us to come in? We give them the option. So the customer might say, Sean, uh, you cannot touch it today, it's month end. Could you come in Saturday morning, 6 a.m.? Absolutely. We know exactly what part has failed. We know exactly when to come in, and we're doing it before they, their customers even know. When you look at the industry standards, in the way the world works today, it's about eight interactions with the OEM. Yeah. They know this. We brought it down to two interactions. And the great thing about this is that you don't have, as a customer, you don't have to open up the ticket. We're doing it for you. We've done the front end triage. Yeah. We're, we're just asking you, when can we come in to replace it? From a technician perspective, they don't have to figure out, should I just bring what we call a kit? I might bring a power supply. I might bring a key, a motherboard. I'm not sure what's going to fail, but I know there's something wrong with the box. They are told the tech is not making a decision on what he thinks he should bring or she should bring. The system is telling them, you need to bring X. Yeah. And our success rate has just increased uh, exponentially. And I guess for example, if somebody's in, in an area and they're sitting in the uh, gear machines or uh, can detect moisture, you know, there's wall damage, they might notice themselves, but you can tell them what it actually it is. Well, I'll tell you what we've seen is customers who have remote sites. Yeah and they don't have the capability to have a physical body monitoring, and they were really dependent on, they'd get that ping option to call home, and when it would go down, then you'd have to send someone out. This has eliminated that. Now, they have something that's, there's an automated tool that's monitoring. What it's also done for customers on a different side, it's allowed them to take individuals that were, their jobs were to monitor equipment, and they're saying, my gosh, I have all of these other projects I'd love to get involved in and resolve for the business, but I don't ha- I'm not allowed because I don't have the resources and I don't have the headcount approval. What, they're, what we're doing now with them is they're saying, hey, I can use your Parkview solution. You guys do the monitoring. You guys do the fixing. Take those individuals and put them onto strategic projects. Yeah. So all of a sudden now, we're seeing the, the, the IT folks um, going through those business projects that they couldn't get to for years. Yeah. So it's a win-win for everyone. And do you guys ever use drones? For example, if you're looking at a remote uh, base station somewhere, could you use a drone to actually go and see what's happening? We could, we don't as yeah. of today, but the world is changing. No, I, I was there with that, but you mentioned basically remote somewhere. So if you're in the middle of a forest somewhere in North America, and the maintenance guy goes there once every two months, look at it, and then if, if you figured it's a problem there, I thought maybe a drone could give you an overview of what's going on in the area. Well, the problem is within the data center, a lot of times it's an enclosed, yeah. it's an enclosed area, right, inside. So, um, you know, the other thing too is we will follow all security procedures yeah. that the customers have. We don't ask them to adapt to us, we yeah. adapt to them. Gotcha, so yeah. whatever that may be, we'll, we'll follow. No, I was just wondering if that's going to be a scenario because I'm assuming in some cases it mightn't be a data center, it might be their own... 
might be like a, an own little uh, kind of cabin with equipment in it. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about it that today, uh, tomorrow, it could be that we're monitoring, uh, we're looking at the environmentals of, yeah. a, of, a, of a building. Um, and you're right, it could tie into security, physical security. Because yeah. that's all about the data center and yeah. uptime and locking it down. Yeah. So um, there's so many ways we can apply this application. Yeah. Now get back to yourself. You're actually involved in Code Dojo, and how is this going to help help you uh, to take care of STEM shortage? So you know, this is something that is um, driven at every level of our organization. Yeah. Um, you know, we are looking and working with small children. Yeah. Because we, th- we think it starts there. Yeah. You know, IT has pre- been a predominantly a male-dominated. Um, uh, career, yeah, and we want to change that. And you know, within our company now, we have over five senior executives that are women. Yeah, and again, I want to get to a place. We want to get to a place as a company where um, I don't want to have this conversation yeah. anymore. And I, I, I want it to be that equal opportunity for everyone. And it's, it's a, it's something that. It's, part of, it's becoming part of our DNA. We just want the best people that can do the job. So working with these organizations, they're going to help us achieve that goal. Yeah. With STEM, you know, we started STEM about a year ago, and some of the things that we're doing is uh, we have some young, young ladies who are looking at a career in IT, and we've paid full expense for them to come to the U.S., be in our corporate office, understand how it works, Show them that there is a career yeah. in IT. Um, with the younger children, we're even bringing them to our office. Because I think children react much, we think children react much more to tactile. They want to touch, see, feel. Yeah. And if that can get them excited, um, you know, we see that as the way to go. I will tell you that within our company, I believe our numbers today are almost 25% of our workforce is uh, female. Yeah. And we are. 100% behind at every level to increase that number. And I guess by having them come to offices, you can show them the environment you're working in is going to be great and make them rethink what they want to do with life. Because people at the times, they, they may see something on TV or movie and presume that's, that's how it is. Whereas in real life, it's not that at all. Absolutely. Um, you know, again, our, our CEO and the board and all the executives, all my colleagues, um, when we hire... And you, you know, I'll say that before we put this into as a formal program, yeah. it was like that with Park Place from day one. Yeah. Um, it was always about just find the best person that can do the job. Um, I'm really proud that this is now at the forefront. It is part of our um, agenda yeah. at the executive table, and uh, I see that growing. Well, for me, I think that when you get in something on board, like women on board, they think from different way than men, which in a way is great because they've got a different way of thinking things through, whereas guys always think one way only. <laughs> and you've got a scenario now where you, you can get all, all views on board, well, which helps. We're looking for just the, the, anyone who can do the job irrespective of their gender. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, I don't want to have the conversation. I think it's, we've come too far and it's just taking too long. We should not be having this conversation in 2019 about gender equality and pay equality. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a travesty. Okay. Um, I think we should just be 
you know, and one thing I can say about Parkland, if we have a job on the table, yeah. this is the salary, male or female. Yeah. We don't change that number. And I'm really proud of that. But I remember years ago when Americans started doing the computers in NASA, a lot of the people behind it were women. But they were, they were, they were, the main program was doing all the, all the, all the legwork, but they weren't recognized, just the men, and they were getting paid less. Yeah, and we want to change that. Yeah, and I just didn't understand how when you get a salary, when you think of the world's first computer programmer, Aid Lovelace, was a woman. So how suddenly has it changed that suddenly it's all going to be man? Well, my view is that if the woman's good as a man, equal pay, equal right. Absolutely. And over the, over, over the years, a lot of important discoveries were women, like Marie Curie, for example, with radium and other things as well, goes on things that over the years that people don't recognize. It, 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 it's... It's a travesty. Yeah. It's a travesty what went on in, in the past. And I'm hoping that uh, you know, other companies are going to jump on the, on the bandwagon is what we're doing. Um, I've been blessed that for many companies that I have worked for and those that I've worked for, um, we didn't do that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's, it's changing. And I think also that because we're bringing it to the forefront, yeah. we're talking about it, um, we're going to eliminate it much faster. Yeah, I think that um, it's not something that's under the table anymore. We're not going to do this secretly anymore. Those who were um, embracing that type of, uh, I'm going to call it ignorant yeah. view, um, it's just not acceptable. And it's no longer just it kept in the boardroom. It's, it's open everywhere you talk yeah. about it. Yeah. And, and I think companies, companies are now being challenged by organizations to show your numbers, show what you're doing, show your plans, yeah. and it's not—it's more than just lip service now. Um, again, we have a very aggressive program uh, with STEM um, that we're continuing to expand on. It's—it's um, it's driven by our our uh, marketing team. Yeah. It is a global program, and uh, it's—I can tell you that it's—it's—it's uh, it's on yeah. the agenda. A majority of our executive table. When, we're get, when we were together. Because yeah, I, I can understand a couple of years ago, you'd have two, three women to be, be on the company and to be talking people there, and that was it. And so, we employ women. But they weren't given a chance to shine. They were just showing, oh, this is how we, this will, we employ women, that's it. No, we have, uh, in fact, I'm very proud that we just brought on board uh, Kathy Lyons. Again, we have several yeah. senior C-level yeah. uh, women. And uh, we just announced um, uh, Kathy Lyons... Uh, who has just joined our company? She was with uh, an OEM, a senior yeah. executive at an OEM, and she will head up. She's our new executive vice president and um, uh, GM yeah. for our managed services and our Parkview product. So we're very happy to have her on board. Well, I guess she's going to be a role model. So when you're telling people to come on board and stem and everything, you're showing just the Kathleen's. This is what she's yeah. done. If she can do so. Can you? Yeah, and we have several. Yeah, we have several. And we're proud of that. And, and again, you know what? Uh, when we hired Kathy, it was because she was the right person for the job. Yeah. And that's how I, I love when I look at look at that. That was the criteria. Who's the best person? There was no question she was yeah. the one. Because I hate it when somebody is employed just, just to fill the quota of, of certain people. We don't do that. I, I, I think it should be the best person for the job. So yeah. if, a, if a scenario comes to a company and most of the people in the company are male, maybe it's because they couldn't get the right person to fill the job as female. It, well, I, I think that at times, the, the, the previous generation, again, you know, we look yeah. at certain... certain um, Certain uh, markets, vertical market in the education system, you know, um, engineering was a predominantly male-dominated. Yeah. Um, computer science was male-dominated. I think that in the last probably 20 years, we're seeing that change. 
I know from in Canada within the universities, I saw where uh, 25 years ago, engineering, you would have 300 students yeah. and 20 were female. Within Canada now, that same, that same picture is now almost a 60-40. So yeah. we've moved the numbers up that if you want to be an engineer, you can do it. Yeah. There's none of this, this is a male field anymore. Um, and I think we're going to see the same thing that's going to continue with, uh, with computer science. I, again, I believe that what we're doing with starting it from the grassroots when they're young so that children know you can be anything that you want to be, yeah. that's the way to start it. Um, and we shouldn't have, you know, these are male-dominated fields, female-dominated fields. It should be, what job do you want? I guess the view is you can make them dream. Absolutely. And that dream can reality. If they work hard enough at it, they can they, they can get it. Yes, sir. Another case of there's going to be jobs for women, and you think that's great, and then sit back. You have to work to show you want it, and that and be willing to take the risk to do this. And if you do that, you get rewarded. Absolutely. So, anything else you want to add to the podcast? No, uh, I will say that again. You know, thirty plus years in business, uh, global presence. Um, we are the leader yeah. in third-party maintenance. If companies are looking to reduce their costs, um, extend the life of their of their hardware, um, please look us up. Um, we have over sixteen thousand uh, customers yeah. uh, around the world, um, warehouses around the world to service our customers. Um, we are not. We are an alternative, and I will tell you that. Um, customers are pleasantly surprised and in fact what's happening now we're finding is um, the word of mouth from one customer to another they're our biggest biggest advocate yeah. you know you're also going to see us more being uh, working with our marketing team um, you're going to see us at more trade shows around the world um, you're going to see us in more um, uh, venues yeah. in different places um so, look out for us. And your name is not to be any more known as the world's best kept secret in IT. Yes, sir. All right, thanks so much for that show. Thank Have you. a great day. Thank you. Thank you. That was great.